Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports talk podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod look, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are going to start what we would call season two of Golden Point Sports podcast. And with that, we're going to start talking college football. We're going to start reviewing the division or the conferences in the in college football, the divisions inside of those conferences. We're just going to we're going to have a lot of fun. These are the episodes people really love to hear, and uh, we hope you enjoy them. And uh, we're going to try to do our best to uh, bring you a bring you uh, the best analysis that we can do in the on these episodes. Now. Before I get started, we're also going to add in at the end of at the end of every episode. Now we're going to have like a a a segment, a golden face segment. Um, now this is a segment that we want to include into the podcast, and it'll be a short segment. Uh, Brad will be doing it, and you know, just kind of relating something that deals with well, faith in sports, and we really want to go towards that some more um but uh you know if you if you just want to listen to the episode you don't want to listen to that that will be at the end of it and so you don't necessarily have to listen to that uh it's not a requirement to listen to the show but we would really encourage you to and uh and brad's worked hard on getting that together and uh and it's going to be great anyways so that's just a just to kind of let people know that we're going to start doing that um, and that should be every episode. There is a chance, you know, might not be every single episode, but most likely it will be. Uh, and anyways, so let's get started on this, Brad. So first and foremost, we're also going to start with a fun question on every single episode. Uh, so we're going to start with something, you know, just ask a, you know, just kind of ask a, maybe an off the wall question of sorts, but also you know, you can send those in if you would like. You can send those types of questions in, too. Uh, but the first question that we're going to ask here is, Brad, what is your favorite sandwich to eat? All right, so this is my favorite sandwich. I get this anywhere that has them. Um, you might be familiar with the sandwich store Sammy's uh, up, or, up there in Martin Union City. I don't know if you are or not. Uh, but I love to get Rubens wherever I go, and that's because you get the, the toasted rye bread, you get the sauerkraut, which most people probably think it's disgusting. I love it. You get the Thousand Island dressing, the Swiss cheese, and last but not least, probably the best part of the sandwich, you get either a corned beef or pastrami, whichever way they make it. Uh, my favorite I've had probably ever has probably come from a place called Stein's Deli in New Orleans. There are a couple guys from South Philly, go figure, uh, who started a deli up in New Orleans. Uh, Philly's stuff everywhere. I was like, man, I feel like I'm at home. Uh, anyway, uh, really good, uh, super tasty. Uh, so if you're ever in New Orleans, Stein's Deli on Magazine in Jackson, go there. And then right next door, it's called District Donuts, Gourmet Donuts, and it is delish and good coffee too. So anyway, I digress, but yes, Reuben sandwich for me, uh, which I just had one this past Friday, uh, and it was just as good. Maybe not the best, but just as good. And you can't go wrong with the Philly cheesesteak, but not everybody makes good Philly cheesesteaks. You don't put American cheese on that crap. It's nasty. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Reuben sandwich for the win. Brad, that sounds really good, actually. Uh, for me, I'm kind of boring when it comes to sandwiches, man. I, I mean, 
you know, I love a good pimento cheese or a, a, I love a good, you know, like a, uh, uh, well, now I'm trying to think, like a chicken salad. Uh, I just love any type of sandwich, you know, Subway. I, I love a, uh, I love a good, you know, a, uh, like a pepperoni. I'm trying to think of what it's called. Uh, Italian being Italian. Anyways, I just love any type of, you know, sandwiches. I, I'm not real picky, but one that I do love, Brad, more than any other, is just a good old-fashioned fried bologna sandwich. I mean, a fried bologna sandwich with a piece of lettuce, some mayo and cheese on there. Woo, buddy. I tell you what, I, my mouth is watering right now. And uh, that's not what I plan on having for supper, but I may have just changed my own mind. So, anyways, Brad, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, that's, I just love – I mean, I don't know. I just love that type of sandwich. All right, so our next thing is, Brad, I know you're very excited about this, but golf is back. Uh, golf is back. They had the first tournament back this weekend. I'm sure you probably caught all four rounds. Am I right? Uh, no, no. I knew it had to, but I did not watch it. I'm sorry. Right. I'm just not a golf I, I, watcher. I, hey, well, I understand. I did not. I obviously had a lot going on, so I did not. But uh, I should not have. In the coming weeks or whatnot, I should not have as much going on. So maybe I can catch a little bit. I, but I'm, you know, listen, I'm fine with watching golf. Now I enjoy playing it more than actually watching it. But um, I'm glad to actually just see golf is back. Uh, you know, I, hockey seems like they're coming back. The NBA seems like they're coming back. Uh, we're about to talk about something that's happened in the NFL that might have a chance of possibly delaying them from coming back. But yeah, I mean NASCAR is back. It's just uh, it's just nice to see sports coming back, and uh, and you know seemingly we're we're trying to get back to as normal as possible, which is hey maybe all we can really ask for. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh so, hey hey. So you want to know, do you want to know my favorite course to play on when it comes to golf? No, I just, oh man, I, what is it? It's not the Jackson Family Fun Center, although that is a pretty good one. Uh, it's probably Treasure Island over in Panama City. But anyway, that's putt putt. I, you know, that's hey, the part hey, of the guy. Hey, I like tre- I like Treasure Island over in PCB. We went there last year. It was really fun. It was uh, nice. it was nice. Uh, hey, listen, mini golf is still golf, right? I mean, for me, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not as good as Tiger Woods would be at mini golf. I'm sure, but I would probably. I'd pay to watch. I mean, I would probably if they done a mini golf tournament. I'd probably watch it. I really would. You know, like Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson doing a mini golf tournament. I mean, That'd sure, cool. would it be ridiculous, but it would be cool. I, I mean, mm-hmm. why not? All right. So I'd watch it. Anyway, so. do I? I you said would, I'd so watch that, it. That would be right. That would be the golf that you would watch. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So then we had the Texans and Cowboys. Uh, they there's some Texan Cowboys who have tested positive for for COVID nineteen. Which uh, which would include Ezekiel Elliott, Brad. Uh, this is this is really unfortunate, um, and I think that this is more unfortunate, obviously, for those guys. I could be wrong. Doesn't Ezekiel Elliott have asthma? I believe. I, I thought I saw maybe he did. And so so this is you know this is one of those people who you don't want to see catch uh, such a virus, you know. Um, and hopefully we pray and we hope that he's going to be just fine. But but Brad, we. I think when it comes to, you know, the Texans and, and, and the Cowboys and or just the NFL as a whole, you know, these guys testing positive for COVID-19. Now, the season's not just – not right around the corner. 
So, I mean, they have time to recover. So, in a way, it might be a good thing for most for these guys if they got it, they could get through it and be fine. Or uh, it might be a bad thing because the Roger Dell in the NFL could be looking at like, well, if these guys got it, and then we're you know, so more people could get it. Um, I could see that possibly happening. But I don't know, Brad. I mean, what uh, what is your thoughts on it? Again, our, our thoughts or prayers with those guys who got it, and we hope that they'll be fine. And and anybody who's also affected by that, we hope they'll be fine. But I mean, do you think that this kind of uh, this kind of hurts the chances of the NFL coming back on time? Uh, I would say no, and and this is why. It's not because I want the NFL to come back. I I do, but I think the realistically is. We're in June. There's still at least two months for the preseason. And honestly, I know preseason, if you're not a superstar, you need preseason because you want to make a roster. Uh, but I think for the most part, um, you know, if the preseason were to get cut short for whatever reason, I know from a fan aspect, I don't think most people would be upset um, unless you're just one of those diehard guys and you check out everybody. Um, but I, I, so if I'm the NFL, like, yes, there are COVID cases. Ezekiel Elliott and Texan players who, for whatever reason, don't want to be named. But the thing is, we're still several months out. I mean, the season doesn't officially start till September. Uh, it takes 14 days to get over this. I'm, I'm not saying COVID's a an easy virus. I'm just saying that there is an, a light at the end of the tunnel, especially for guys that are in that kind of shape. Uh, but in, in my in my sense, uh, in my thinking, I guess, if I'm Roger Dell, am I a little concerned? Yes, uh, just because you want to get back to OTAs and whatnot. But at the same time, uh, you're, you're several weeks out. I mean, if these guys don't, for whatever make, reason, make it to OTAs, it's, it's okay. I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Uh, and, I, yeah, I think that um, – I don't know if it necessarily is going to have an effect. I think it could if it were to get worse. Uh, you know, if it were to – if it were to continue to spread and, and more and more teams get it. I think there's some college teams out there where the football teams have – some of the people on the football teams have gotten it. Um, it. It's, you know, maybe it's one of those things where they just have to deal with it like they would a normal illness. Um, I think the Patriots back in December, uh, I believe that there was multiple of them who got the, who got it too. Uh, yeah, you're, you're telling me Bama, uh, Alabama was, you know, some of the ones who got, some of the players had tested positive uh, for COVID-19 and, but yeah, you know, I don't. I'm not saying that the Patriots back in December had COVID-19, but um, but you know they were sick and they you know they worked through it. They went through it, and uh, maybe it's one of those things that you just have to do that. But you know, granted, I mean it's a very serious disease and or not disease, but virus, and uh, and and we have to take it as such. So it's just a really slippery slope because honestly, I mean you're there's going to be people who disagree with it and people who agree with it. And so I think you're just, you know, I think you're, if you do it, somebody's not going to like it. If you don't do it, somebody's not going to like it. And so I think, uh, I think you just have to go with your own intuition there. And, and yeah. All right, Brad. So anyways, right after the break, we will talk about the SEC and the big 10 and preview them. Uh, and we will, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. And we're back. All right, Brad, so let's talk about the SEC first. So the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, it's got a lot of big names, Alabama, LSU, you know, LSU, just the team who just won the national championship. Uh, 
Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida, uh, Mississippi State, you know, Texas A&M, just a lot of big-name schools in that in that area. And, you know, maybe rightfully so, so – maybe, maybe rightfully so, they are called, you know, the best conference in football for a reason. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I uh, – I didn't mention, you know, Vandy or Arkansas. I think Vandy's probably on their way to the OBC, and Arkansas is probably back on their way to the Big 12. No, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm kidding with them. But anyways, yeah, so let's review the SEC in the year of 2019, Brad. Uh, LSU, they won the championship. They they won the title. They are the, they're the guys who, you know, who get the bragging rights uh, all year long. All right, and then, but LSU didn't do that without a historic, without a historic offense, and uh, led by, by then future number one pick, but now currently number one pick by the Cincinnati Bengals, Mr. Joe Burrow, quarterback Joe Burrow. Uh, Gus uh, Gus Malzoni keep he kept his job um, because I mean, hey, Auburn beat Alabama. Uh, and I guess that was enough. I think Gus Alzone's an actual really good coach. I, I, I mean, I, I think that he's on the hot seat every single year. But honestly, I'm not sure why. I mean, I, he maybe his expectations have been lower, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just I don't know. Um, all right, so uh, Mississippi State and, and Joe Moorhead, they I believe his name's Joe. Anyways, uh, they parted ways, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, that's kind of a kind of like a relationship you saw in high school Brad that you knew wasn't going to last but hey they loved each other at that time right and so uh Ole Miss Ole Miss they hired Lane Kiffin personally uh that's a great hire I, I mean in, in my opinion I think that's a I think that's a fit that goes together really well and honestly uh if fans are allowed in the stands I I wouldn't mind going down to making a short trip down to Ole Miss and watching Lane Kiffin coach that that might be pretty interesting. I, I, you know, we'll, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it works out. Uh, Mississippi State did hire Mike Leach, uh, another very interesting coach. I, I mean, listen, if if the if Mississippi, if the college football teams of Mississippi don't do anything else, uh, listen, they, I mean, they just hired a guy who is very controversial or was, and then they also hired a guy who's a who's a pirate. Uh, so I mean, yeah, they. Mississippi is a is just a very interesting. Uh, I mean, they're just a very interesting state when it comes to college football and who they hire and whatnot. Uh, Tennessee, they turned their season around after a very bad start. Um, listen, I saw a lot of Tennessee fans jump ship and then get back on, but they jumped ship after that Georgia State loss, and I understand it completely. I I wanted to stop watching too, but uh, I just love football in general too much. And, yeah, and it's just uh, – yeah, it's just – it was a bad start. It was. But they did turn it around, and uh, hopefully they're looking to towards a, a better future. Uh, Florida, they found a lot of hope in Kyle Trask. Uh, and, and, listen, I'm actually – now, I'm not a Florida fan. I'm a Tennessee fan. But, listen, Florida, I, I think that they have a good one in Kyle Trask. I don't know what I see in the guy. Besides, I mean, I just see – I think he's very talented, and I think that – I think that he probably should have been starting from the start, but uh, but yeah, I think he's talented. I think uh, I think they, Florida could do big things with him. Uh, we'll get to that later, though. 
Uh, Jake Fromm, uh, you know, his production, I think it decreased a lot, Brad. Uh, I, wouldn't you say? I, I mean, Georgia was supposed to be more of a more of a uh, powerhouse than what they were, I think. Uh, they were supposed to do better than what they did. I, I think that part of that's on Jake Fromm. I mean, his, his draft stock suffered, I think, because of it. It's just uh, – yeah, and now Jake Crumb's under fire for a lot of other things, but um, but yeah, he's just uh, yeah he, I don't know his production suffered I think, and I'm not sure it was at the hands of Georgia necessarily. All right, and then last but not least, we just we we just want to mention Arkansas because we we just mentioned Kyle Trask and Felipe Franks is he's gone to Arkansas now. I I don't know if I want to say poor Arkansas or poor Felipe Franks, uh, maybe poor both because. Arkansas, I remember when they were good, okay, and so does Pepperidge Farms, all right, so uh, anyways, uh, all right, Brad, so that's just the review of the SEC, tried to add in a little, uh, we're trying to be a little funny with that, I hope you laughed, if you didn't, that's fine, uh, I don't laugh at my own jokes either, right, so, um, all right, so uh, fan questions, uh, we had a few, but we're just going to kind of because of time and some of them just kind of went with, you know, others, I guess. Anyways, uh, why do people think, and this was asked by Austin McQuarrie, uh, why do people think LSU is a one and done team? Brad, I want you to answer that first. Yeah. Surprisingly, uh, Austin's actually a, a pretty good friend of mine from New Orleans. Uh, great person, huge LSU fan. Uh, and so I get why he's asking that because he, he thinks that, uh, LSU is being disrespected, and that's fine. Um, I would say the reason why uh, I'm not very confident in them going to the championship again, finishing undefeated, because uh, this is the best season Coach O has had now. Did he get the right pieces as far as uh, Aranda and and and, uh, and Joe Brady? Uh, yeah, he did well at hiring those positions, uh, but they left. They left the, the second after the newspapers came out. Uh, Randa went to Baylor, uh, which I think is a great hire by Baylor. Uh, Joe Brady went to be the offensive coordinator at, at Carolina with Matt Rule, uh, which is weird. Both Baylor connections there. But anyway, uh, and you lose Joe Burrow. You lose Justin Jefferson. I mean, you still have Jamar Chase. I get that. Or Chase, however you say his name. Uh, and you lose most of your defense. And so I think for me in LSU, don't get me wrong, they're, they're, they recruit well. Uh, they recruit well now. Louisiana, you, there's a lot of Louisiana athletes out there in the country, and a lot of them like to go to LSU because they grew up watching LSU. So they get good athletes. But um, to me, they've lost so many pieces, it's hard for me to think, oh, yeah, they can, they can run the table and beat Alabama and, and go to the national championship again. Uh, I don't think they're going to be terrible. Uh, I don't think they're going to be this 6-6 six and six team. I don't even think they'll be eight and five. I think they can finish as, as maybe as low as nine and three, um, because I do think they have a good solid foundation. Uh, I just feel like they lost a ton of pieces. So that's where my take is on why so many people think they're one and done. And you know, I agree with you there, Brad. I agree completely. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, because the thing is, is you know, you lose a a, a Heisman winning superstar quarterback. Uh, you lose probably the best part of the best receiving core you've had in years. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just think that um, – I think that they'll be fine. You know, don't get me wrong. I think that they'll be fine. But could I see them going back to even the SEC championship? I truly doubt it. And, listen, I, I, 
who expected them to win the national championship this time last year? And that's, I think that that's what we have to look at is no one expected it last year. So, you know, I guess maybe it's not, you know, if you're thinking, well, you're, you're wrong. Well, you're probably thinking who's to say that they can't be good and they could, but couldn't you say that for every team almost maybe besides Arkansas, you know, it's just one of those and Bandy, uh, but it's just one of those things to where it's like, could they do good? Yes. But at this, at this moment, I really do think that they're a one and done team. But now in a couple of years from now, maybe, I, maybe I, I, but let's, let's jump on to some other things here. Um, all right, Brad. So, who is your overrated uh, – and then uh, who's your overrated team going into 2020 for the SEC? Yeah, so I had asked the fans this on Instagram, uh, and I thought – really, I thought Bama might have been maybe the overrated team. Uh, but uh, to my demise, and uh, I say demise, uh, but I had the same team they did. Uh, they said Georgia was the most overrated team in the SEC – and I get that. I, I do. I mean, even going back to the Mark Rick days, they're, they're always ranked. Um, you know, they're, they're subpar best. Did they go to national championship a few years ago? Yes. Uh, have they been the same team since they gone to national championship team or championship game? No. Uh, as you talked about earlier, Jake Fromm, degrees his production, they lose probably the best offensive line coach and uh, in, in Drinkwitz to, to Mizzou. Um, you know, who's also the associate head coach. And Kirby Smart, don't get me wrong, he's good at defense. Uh, but their offense was so bad. I mean, they lost to a, what, a 4-8 uh, South Carolina team last year. Uh, so, to me, uh, I don't know. I mean, LSU, two years ago, uh, they rolled all over Georgia. And Georgia, you know, number one in the country. They come into LSU, they get rolled all over the place by LSU. Um, and LSU wasn't the same offense they were two years ago as they were last year. And so, yeah, and then they get beat again uh, pretty, pretty, pretty uh, easily by LSU in the SEC championship. So, uh, to me, I agree with the fans, and I'm going to say Georgia is my overrated. Uh, I agree uh, with the fans and you that Georgia is uh, is the most overrated. I, yeah, I mean, they have major question marks going, you know, on offense. Uh, they're not going to be able to practice together like, like they would in the past. Uh, and honestly, listen, there's – here's to, – to Georgia fans, though, here's hope for you. They are still going to have a great defense. Um, and I think if anybody was going to keep them even in the top ten or even top five, I think it's because of that defense. I, I mean, but the thing is, the thing about a great defense is, you know, I think that you can slip up a lot more on defense, Brad, than you can on offense. And so the thing is, is if you slip up on defense, can your offense take care of that, of, of where you slipped up at? Because I just, I don't know. I, I think that this Georgia team is still good. I think that they're going to finish in the top three at least, uh, top two probably in the East. Uh, but we'll get, to, we'll get to our rankings in just a little bit. All right, Brad, so our underrated team going into 2020, how about what um, – who, who is it for you? Yeah, so in the fan vote, Tennessee had come up a few times. And I know you're a Tennessee fan. And I've heard a lot of Tennessee fans, oh, we're 8-5. and five. We're going to go to the playoff next year. Uh, slow down, Tennessee. I, I will say that, uh, one. And two, uh, I mean, Tennessee was on my Wait, list. I, but I, 
Yeah. I'm raising my eyebrow to them saying Tennessee. I'm just like, I don't know where they got that underrated at. Maybe. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a delusion of, of Tennessee fans. I don't know. But uh, I digress. Uh, but I will say that Tennessee was on my list. But I'm actually going to go with Kentucky. Uh, did they lose Larry Bowden, a, a do-it-all uh, guy for the team? Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, that's going to be hard to replace. Uh, but uh, Wilson's supposed to come back. Uh, you know, they returned like 15 starters. And they uh, it's the fourth year. Last year was their fourth year in a row. I have having a 1,000-yard rusher, which only matches like Bama, I believe Georgia. I have to double check, but I did see that last night. Um, and so, yeah, for well, I say Kentucky wins SEC East. I do not. I do not think that. But I do think they can have a couple upset wins throughout the season and, and kind of maybe a girl off that eight and five uh, record that they had last year. What would what would you consider an upset win? You you want to predict them beating Tennessee or something or no? <laughs> well, you know, since Tennessee's the greatest uh, team in the East, maybe Tennessee. I, I don't know. Uh, but no, uh, you know, I, I mean, I would be surprised if maybe they sleep. Florida sleeps on Kentucky. Uh, they pull out the win there, or uh, you know, I, I think it could happen against Georgia. So uh, I think it's going to be an East team. I don't think they would necessarily upset a West team um, because I think the only favorites in the West right now are are Bama, Auburn, and uh, and LSU. Um, and I don't have Kentucky's schedule right in front of my, my face or anything like that. But I do know they play, t- they play the East. And so I would say, like, maybe a Tennessee team, uh, maybe a Kentucky or Georgia team. Uh, or no, sorry, not Kentucky, but Florida or Georgia team. So um, I think it could be one of those, those teams that we're saying, hey, could finish in the top three in the East, but could see a loss uh, to Kentucky along the way. I, no, I, I like that. I, I, was, I was looking into Kentucky, but my – my underrated team, Brad, is Texas A&M. Uh, they have 19 returning starters, and they have a lot easier schedule than they did last year. They, I believe, it, without looking at their schedule, I believe they played at Clemson, at Georgia, at Auburn. I think they played at Alabama at home, I believe, or they played at Alabama too, I believe. Uh, maybe all four games I think they played at home or in a way. I think maybe they played LSU there, possibly. If they played all five of those games on the road, Wow, I, I don't know that for a fact. But anyways, uh, listen, they have an easier schedule. They do. Uh, without even looking at it or looking at it right in front of my face, at least, they have an easier schedule, Brad. And, uh, yeah, I just – I like Texas A&M in 2020. I, I don't think – I'm not saying that they're going to win the – that they're going to win the West. Uh, but they – I think that they are going to – yeah, I, I think that they could – possibly have a good showing and especially with with as many returning starters they have Jimbo Fisher is a good coach and uh, I think that he's got I think he's got Texas A&M on the up and up the problem is again um yeah I I mean the three toughest games on their schedules at Auburn at Bama and then LSU at home LSU is not the same Bama may not be the same Auburn well Auburn I, I have some I, – I actually like Auburn a lot this year. But, um, but yeah, still, I mean, I think that they definitely could win. I think that they could win nine games this year, Brad, uh, maybe even ten. Uh, and that's – and maybe that's saying a lot. But, um, yeah, I, I have them. I, I think that they're an underrated team going into 2020, and I think people got to watch out for, uh, for those Aggies over there. All right, Brad, so the time has come for – the top three teams in the conference, according to uh, Golden Point Sports. 
who is the top three teams in your opinion? Yeah, so um, I, you know, until Nick Saban uh, retires, Alabama just has this weird, supernatural, crazy off year. I mean, I still think Bama's the number one team. I And just hear me out. If you're listening to this, I am not a Bama fan. I, I do not like Bama fans at all. They're, they're annoying. They're obnoxious. And if you're a Bama fan listening, I'm sorry. But just tell your other fellow fans to stop being obnoxious. Stop saying roll tide while you're walking down the street all the time. Anyway, I digress. But I will Listen, say Bama – I don't even think – in your defense, I don't even think you like any type of red, you know. I, I mean, uh, That's probably I'm true, yeah. Ohio State, State you know. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's – Patriots, you know, it's up there. So, but, yeah, I have Bama as my number one because, I, again – they're, they built – they have a strong foundation, and they, year after year they produce. Uh, my second team would be Florida. I, I do think Dan Mullen, you know, he's won 33 games over two years. That, or I believe two years. I could be wrong. could be three years. But either way, he's, he's won a lot of games. Uh, he's done well at Mississippi State. Uh, he took it from a program that got laughed at to a program that gained national respect. Uh, you know, they were number one and two in the nation at one point when they had Dak. Um, and then he goes to Florida, and he takes a like a third string, fifth year senior, maybe maybe he's a junior, and he he says anyway. Regardless, he he doesn't deserve to start. And then he puts him in, and he became he becomes his great quarterback. And so Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators number two, uh, and then number three would be LSU. Uh, again, they they have to have some kind of respect. They are they are defending national champs. Uh, they have a lot of different roles. We talked about this already, about tra- you know, trans- a lot of transitions going on with their team. Uh, but I still think that they could be uh, the third-best team in the SEC. Okay. All right. I like it that we're different, Brad. We're not different on a couple of those teams because I also have Alabama. I, I have Alabama coming out of the SEC, probably making the playoff once again. Um, but then I also have Florida coming out of the SEC East, and I think I think Florida could make a good push for the playoffs as well. Uh, now that's hard for me to say, Brad, because I, I'm a I'm a Tennessee fan. It is hard for me to give Florida and Alabama both that type of respect. Okay, I I, I just I can't do that. All right, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give Tennessee respect and put them at number three because I, I hardly have them at number three in the SEC East, let alone number three in the SEC, okay? But my number three team is Auburn. And honestly, I think that Auburn could – I think they have a chance, you know, we may have to have a, a, a kick six type moment, but I think they have a chance to beat a team like Alabama – um, especially later in the season, and we'll see kind of how Bo Nix is uh, – is, we'll see what Bo Nix can do. Now, granted, they did lose kind of a lot, uh, I guess, defensively, defensive line. But I think that they're – yeah, no, I, I like Auburn a lot. I do. Uh, I like Florida a lot this year. And I think, yeah, we just have to pick Alabama because, honestly, if you're not putting Alabama in your top three, then I think you're just a hater, you know. Um, and I am a hater, but I, but I'm a realistic guy too. So, all right, Brad. So that's our top three teams in the conference for you. It's Alabama, Florida, LSU. For me, it's Alabama, Florida, Auburn. Brad, for breakout player for 2020, for me, it is Florida's running back, Damian Pierce, because Florida, I'm giving Florida a lot of credit here. Oh my goodness, I, I think I'm going to throw up after the show. 
But uh, they have the improved O-line and a more balanced offense, Brad. Uh, and I think that that's really going to help Damian Pierce out a lot. And now, granted, again, less practice. And so I think a lot of these guys, they have to be more established guys. I think you have to, you know, I think you have to be more cautious of. But, yeah, no, I, I like Damian Pierce a lot this year. And I think he could uh, I think he could do well. So who is your breakout player for 2020? And then also, who's your Heisman hopeful? Yeah, so you might be a little surprised just because I didn't have Auburn in my top three. But Chad Morris coming over from Arkansas, uh, he has experience being an offensive coordinator, was at Clemson beforehand, uh, did well there, uh, really developed that program to what it is today. I think Bo Nix, who showed some glimpse of promises last year uh, under Chad Morris, could really develop as a quarterback and probably break some records uh, when it comes to quarterback uh, play at Auburn. So he's going to be my breakout player of the year. And granted, if you do, I'm not saying Auburn – can't be number two or two in the West. I think they can. It's just at times they're just a little too inconsistent for me. Uh, and it's, they're consistently inconsistent every year. Um, that just, that's where I'm a little nervous putting them up high. But I think Bo News could have a great year. Uh, Heisman hopefuls. I'm actually going to go with either Kyle Trask or Najee Harris. Uh, Kyle Trask of Florida, the quarterback. Uh, I did make fun of him a little bit in my Florida pick uh, with Dan Mullen. But uh, he did well last year. Uh, he threw consistently for over 300 yards every game. Um, but Najee Harris, uh, now they're coming back, uh, you know, without Bar Bro Scarborough and all those others, uh, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, as a usual Alabama running back. I mean, he fits that mold. So, uh, and with, with Lane Kiffin gone and, and Steve Kardashian or whatever his name was, with all of them gone, maybe seven takes the range back government to say we're going back to Powerball. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I think Najee Harris could be a good Heisman hopeful. I like that pick a lot, Brad. I really do. And honestly, okay, so for breakout player, you have Bo Nix. I actually have Bo Nix as a Heisman hopeful. Now, I don't think that either one of the two guys I have on here are going to win the Heisman. I think it's obviously between, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. But I think that, you know, uh, I think that both of these guys have a chance. Uh, but my Heisman hopeful, Bo Nix, I think you could probably put him more or less under breakout player for 2020 rather than Heisman hopeful. But I'm going to go with Heisman. I'm going to put him under Heisman, hopeful. Uh, but I think, again, you could probably put him on breakout player, too. But my other Heisman, hopeful, I agree with you, Brad. Kyle Trask, again, way too much respect I'm giving to Florida. Uh, I don't know what's under or what's on. Like, I don't know what's gotten under, under me or what. Maybe it's because I couldn't go to Florida on vacation this year or what. But, uh, but yeah, Florida – I, I'm just high on them, Brad. I think that they could do really well this year. And, uh, you know, listen, as, as being as unbiased as possible, I think that the SEC is better when Florida is a very top is, – is a team at the very top or one of the teams at the very top. Now, granted, I think they're even better when Tennessee's at the very top, but that's beside the point. So, but, yeah, I have uh, Kyle Trask as a Heisman hopeful for the SEC. And uh, I think that – I think, again, I don't think either one of them are going to win it. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, there's always three or four guys who are, who are, you know, the big name guys going for the Heisman trophy and, uh, Kyle Trask, I think is probably my, my number one pick. And so, uh, yeah. So, uh, but Brad, um, I think also, uh, I'm seeing you type in here. You are telling me to bring up new quarterbacks here. Uh, so we have some new quarterbacks. Let's talk about them real quick uh, because, you know, the quarterback position is, well, I guess the most important one. 
But uh, we have K.J. Costello at Mississippi State. Uh, he'll be under the uh, he'll be under the tutelage of the one and only Pirate Mike Leach. We have Jamie Newman, Newman taking over for Jake Fromm at, at the University of Georgia. We have Matt Jones taking over uh, for Tua Tungavailoa at Alabama. Uh, again, we mentioned Felipe Franks for Arkansas. Uh, Terry Wilson is coming back. Uh, he should, you know, he, he didn't really lose his job, but I guess in a way you could say he's new, I guess. Uh, Sean Robinson's the new quarterback at Mizzou. Haven't heard a whole lot about him. Uh, you know, don't hear a whole lot out of Mizzou unless it's with them getting in trouble. Uh, Miles Brennan is the quarter is the new quarterback for LSU, uh, and uh, you know, taking over Joe Burrow. He's got some big shoes to fill, uh, but I've heard he's a pretty good prospect, and uh, he's going to be a really good quarterback for them. And and maybe that's why in the next couple of years that they're going to be really good. Maybe not this year, but at some point they're going to be really good. Anyways, Brad, so let's jump to uh, also Ken Seals out of Vandy. Uh, Vandy, maybe they just don't get talked about enough. Uh, but, you know, Vandy is, uh, well, they're Vandy. Uh, <laughs> nothing against Vandy. We've had a couple of guys come on for interviews uh, that were uh, Vandy alum. And uh, Vandy's a great school. They really are. Football, not, not as known for it. But baseball, baseball for sure. Basketball, oh, yeah. Anyways. Let's talk about our uh, biggest headline going into 2020 for the SEC, Brad. I have down uh, some high headlines here, and you can agree or disagree, but will Alabama get back on top? I think that's probably the biggest one. Uh, they fell out of the top ten for the first time, and I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you the last time they were outside the top ten. Uh, how far will LSU fall? I think that that's the second biggest one. Uh, and then my third biggest one for me – um, and you said earlier, you know, a lot of people commented about Tennessee being an underrated team. And I think, uh, I think the question is, will the Vols do better or worse next year? Uh, because the thing is, is, you know, the Vols, yes, they came back. But honestly, a, a schedule that they had, I think, you know, and as a Vols fan, it kind of hurts because, you know, they've done so bad at the beginning of the year that, uh, that they just – They've done so bad at the beginning of the year that uh, that them having a comeback was was miraculous. But also at the same time, they just they could have done even better if they wouldn't have started so bad. Um, and, and so yeah. Um, but Brad, you're telling me that since 2010, 69 weeks in a row that Alabama had not been outside the ten, the top ten, and honestly. I don't really like that they fell in the top ten, Brad. I, I guess I get it, but I'm not I'm not a big fan of them falling out of the top ten. Maybe after the Auburn loss, maybe. I, I just I don't know. I, I just feel like that they deserve to stay in the top ten. Uh but I get it. I, I get it. Their schedule wasn't that uh you know, to, it wasn't as hard come you know, if you ask other people. But anyways, Brad, do you agree with those sports headlines? Do you have any others? Yeah, no, I agree with all three of those. Uh, it, it's interesting. I didn't even think about Bama dropping out of the top ten uh, for the first time in what seems like a decade, uh, which is crazy to think about. Um, but uh, and I think it's a Johnny Manziel year, actually, with 2010. Uh, but I would say my my headline for – I only have one for the SEC, 
uh, one for the Big Ten. But my my headline would be the new quarterbacks. Uh, that and that's kind of why I mentioned them. Uh, if, you know, this is probably the first time in a while we haven't heard the names of Fromm and Tua and uh, you know where you know Joe Burrow. You know, throw, throw, throw in a couple of those names. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald. You know, and I know Nick Fitzgerald didn't play last year, but uh, they're just some of the names that were consistently associated with the SEC. I mean, now that we, I mean, you just named off, I don't know, about eight or nine out of the 14 that are that are new quarterbacks to the school, uh, whether right. it's a grad transfer like Jamie New, uh, Newman or or, uh, or or Felipe Franks or, or just a new starter. Um, and so I think for me, uh, that's interesting. I know people say, well, SEC is not known for quarterbacks. They're known for running. Uh, I think over the last five or six years, SEC turned into a very good quarterback-heavy uh, conference. And so – uh, you can even go back further than that with uh, Aaron Murray and a few others. You might say, well, they didn't make it in the NFL. Well, we're not talking about the NFL here. We're talking about college football, and they were good college football quarterbacks. And so uh, so for me, I think uh, that would be an interesting headline going into 2020 is how do the new quarterbacks do and how do those teams uh, potentially either rebound from a bad season or stay consistent where they're at, such as like LSU and maybe even Kentucky. Uh, I agree. I, I agree with those as well. All right, Brad, so coaches on the hot seat. Um, you know, I must Will Muschamp out of South Carolina, I definitely think he is. I thought that there was a chance he may have gotten fired last year. Uh, he did not. Um, you know, he he uh, he got out of that, and uh, maybe – I guess maybe they they still have some hope for him. Uh, Gus Malzahn out, of Al- Malzahn out of Auburn. I guess, you know, I think, I think the reason why we put him on the hot seat is because, well, he seemingly always is. I, I mean, uh, he is a guy who, again, you know, you spoke about Auburn being inconsistent, and I think it's one of those things to where you um, – where maybe he's put on there because Auburn fans or other people just think that, you know, he they, the team should be more consistent, and they blame that on Gus Mazzone. All right, so – then we also have Derek Mason out of Bandy. Derek Mason, I don't know how he's escaping. I don't know if Bandy just doesn't want to hire a new coach or what. Uh, Derek Mason, great guy, but he just – he's not really working out. Um, I mean, he's not really working out. He's not. He's been there since 2014. Um, and I think he, he took over for for a guy out of Penn State. Uh, I'm going to remember his name in just a second here. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, trying to think of his, James Franklin. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, yeah, it's just Derek Mason. He's just not, um, yeah, sorry, Brad, that I couldn't remember James Franklin, you know, Penn State's never on my mind. Uh, so (laughs) we're going to talk about the big 10 next. So you can, you know, talk about your precious Penn State anyways. Um, so yeah. So, uh, Let's look at the new coaches for the conference. Is uh, let's look at the news conference. New, new uh, coaches for the conference. Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss. He's from FAU, uh, the powerhouse FAU. That is uh, Mike Leach from Mississippi State or with Mississippi State from Washington State. Um, he loves to move states to state uh, on his pirate ship. I, I wonder if he. <laughs> It's a horrible joke, Brad, but I wonder if he traveled down the Mississippi River in order to get there, uh, in order to get to – anyways, that's horrible. I apologize. Woo, Lord, forgive me. Anyways, um, all right, Sam Pittman out of Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Sam Pittman, uh, he's going to Arkansas. Uh, Sam Pittman seems like an old school coach. I mean, you know, he was a he was the assistant head coach and offensive line coach at at Georgia. Uh, that's a I think that that's a big loss for Georgia too. Uh, that could be something um, that helps to affect them. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, um, you know, I'm sure he's fun at parties. Uh, he's he went to Mizzou. He's from App, App State. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm just cracking myself up today. Woo, I'm full of it. And I uh, hope you're enjoying it. But <laughs> and uh, he's from App State. App State. A uh, we just talked to. Uh, we we just had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Map State was twelve and one last year. I, I mean that's that's great. I mean that is uh, that's awesome. And uh, so App State though, um, maybe he can help Missouri. Um, listen, you know App State, two thousand seven. They upset a big team like Michigan. Uh, so maybe he can help Mizzou upset a big team like Bandy. Uh, so, anyways, again, just cracking myself up. I love the SEC, though. I love college football. Uh, I know he wasn't at App State then, Brad. I get it. I was just trying to make a joke. Anyways, um, all right, so what is your, what's, uh, what's the biggest game for the conference this year, Brad? In your opinion. Yeah, so, uh, no, I think September 12th is a big day for college football, and that might be where they tried to do the big weekend. Uh, they moved that around a few times, so I'm not really sure. Uh, but if I – so this is the thing. I live in Oklahoma City. My boss is an Oklahoma State fan. Everybody's an OU fan here. Uh, and they just think that the SEC gets too much love. They think that the ESPN is just, you know, allowed everybody to drink the uh, SEC Kool-Aid. And, and, and I'm an SEC homer. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm a Big Ten fan, one. And two, yeah, I went to high school and college in, in the South. So, yeah, I like SEC football. I think it's good football. Uh, but I will say that September 12th, OU, Tennessee plays at OU here in Norman. Uh, it's about 40 minutes away from me. Oh, I yeah. May, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I may or may not try to get to that game and maybe may or may not try to get hey, media passes. Same here. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so if you come, let me know, Robert. Uh, but And then the, that same weekend, uh, Texas plays at LSU. So it's a rematch from last year. That high scoring, like, 51 to 45 game at Austin. Uh, they now go to Death Valley, uh, which is – I've been to Death Valley on a Saturday night. It is crazy. Uh, I don't know if Texas is ready for the atmosphere. Maybe they are. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I think those two weekends would be great because I think it would definitely prove to Big 12 that the SEC is better, uh, regardless of how many plays you run on offense or, or whatever the case you want to throw out there for your argument. Uh, and maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe if you're, an SEC, you're a Big 12 fan you're listening to this, I will get pied in the face. Whatever you – I will come up with some kind of thing if, if they lose. Maybe they'll be closer to the season. But I think these are two big games for the SEC to show them that, hey, we're playing a Power 5 conference that, uh, you know, is probably third out of the – three out third out of the five power conferences in the country. Uh, we're playing their two best teams. Um, and so if they win, especially like a Tennessee at Oklahoma, no, no offense, Robert, but, uh, you know, that, that's a big deal for the SEC. That's not a – that's not a, a – the last 20 years kind of powerhouse team out of the SEC. That's a, a mediocre at best uh, team that's trying to rebuild. And so it, you can't say, oh, well, Bama's a good team. Well, if Tennessee beats you and you're OU, uh, you're going to blame it on your, your new uh, quarterback, Rattler? I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, I digress. If you're a Big 12 fan, I love you guys. Uh, you're all God's children. I love you guys. You know, let's just throw it out there. Uh, but I, I just don't think Big 12 is a good conference. But I digress. Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, I agree. Uh, 
and Big 12 is on next week's show, so tune in. Uh, but, um, but yeah. Hey, it'll be, it'll be a good conference preview. Let me just throw it out there. It really will be. And honestly, listen, I, I'm not – listen, I think Oklahoma can beat Tennessee for sure, and uh, I think Texas has a chance to beat LSU. Now, I don't know if I, I – I think I see I, – I definitely see LSU beating Texas more than I do Tennessee beating Oklahoma. But, yeah, those are some big games. And for the conference, for the for, – for both conferences, for the year, really, uh, it could – I mean, it could determine some seeding. Um, but uh, I think uh, for the conference itself, Georgia versus Bama in uh, in September uh, is also a huge game, and I think that that could decide. Um, you know, if Georgia were to lose that, I think Florida takes a, a big leap in front of them, uh, and for that, for that, you know, for that, I think they can take a big leap in front of them uh, um, for for the East title. But if Bama were to slip up and lose. I mean, that's huge, too. I think Bama's going to win that game. But, hey, we'll get to predictions, you know, later on in yeah, September. That's a while away. All right, so 2020 SEC champs. Uh, Brad, I have Alabama, and Florida wins the East. What about you? Yeah, so earlier I did say that Bama, you know, is kind of the staple for the SEC. But I'm actually going to go with Florida here as the champions uh, – I just – I think Dan Mullen has his team really lined up to do well. So, you can disagree. Uh, I'm not eating that – that you know, that gator bait like you are. Uh, I just think that they're lined up well, and Dan Mullen's a great coach. So, we'll see. Before we go to the Big Ten next, Gator is pretty good, by the way. Gator is pretty good. Uh, I agree. But, but Florida Gator is absolutely disgusting. All right, anyways uh, – Let's go to the Big Ten here. Uh, let's review the Big Ten in 2019, Brad. How about you take over since it is uh, your precious Penn State's conference? Okay. By the way, I, I love Penn State. I'm just a college football fan in general. I just want to throw that out there. So, But I will go through it. So, uh, when it comes to the Big Ten, you had Ohio State. They dominate again. I mean, people thought – Will Ryan Day be able to uh, do well as head coach? Uh, he looked flawless. Uh, he did well. Uh, they had one hiccup, and that was in the college football playoff. And uh, really, you could say that there were some things that happened that uh, just uh, weren't called uh, or anything like that. And uh, the fact is they lost. Um, but nonetheless, before that, they did really well. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, I mean, we'll find out more if he's my Heisman hope for or not. But if I'm Georgia, I'm kind of kicking myself uh, just a little bit, you know, like, you watch Justin Fields go to Ohio State. Now, he does play in Ryan Day's offense, but, man, he looked so good last year. Um, and then you have uh, Minnesota. You know, if you listen to the Big Ten preview of last year, uh, your golden boy, uh, Brad, here, picked Minnesota. This is a underrated favorite, sleeper team. Um, they did really well. They were undefeated going into the Penn State game. And so, uh, so anyway, so – uh, they did well. Uh, P.J. Fleck is rowing the boat there in Minnesota, and uh, their quarterbacks lined up to do really well there. Uh, then you have D'Antonio out of uh, Michigan State. Uh, eventually, we saw this was going to happen, uh, and I think at this point, the last couple of years, uh, Michigan State's just been an eyesore to watch. I mean, you see them on mid-afternoon, and you just – I mean, I don't know about you, Robert. I changed the channel right away when I saw them playing because uh, I just didn't want to watch that kind of football. It was boring. So, I can't hear you, Robert. What are you saying? I never put it on that channel, Brad, in the first oh, place. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, sorry, you only put it on CBS. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Penn State, Clifford, 
he gets death threats uh, after the Minnesota loss. So uh, going into the Minnesota game, Penn State and Minnesota were undefeated. Uh, both teams and uh, Sean Clifford throws three interceptions because death threats has to delete his social media. Uh, Michigan comes up short again. Uh, you know, we hear the same. I feel like it's the same storyline with Michigan. Uh, so nothing new there. Uh, Wisconsin cools off midway. So they start off really well. Everybody's like, man, this is the best defense we've ever seen in college football. Uh, they played like Bowling Green. So uh, they cooled off middle of the year. Didn't do too well. Uh, and then Maryland. Uh, Maryland beats Howard like 63-3. to And they're like, dude, Maryland needs to be ranked. And so they put Maryland in the rankings, and they lose like the week later to like Temple. Uh, so anyway, that all was right, a big letdown. Don't 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 discredit the Illini for going bowling. Okay, they almost beat those balls. They almost hey, beat them, but they, they did. They did, and so yeah, they, yeah, Illinois uh, probably overperformed, but they did well. And one bowling had a big upset against Wisconsin. We got to see, uh, you know, uh, Love's uh, big old beard uh, on the sideline there, a big old gray beard he had going on. So that was fun. Uh, but but last but not least, Maryland gets to his little brother in the transfer portal. Uh, during the off season, uh, is he as good as his brother? We don't we don't know. We didn't we didn't see him play in Alabama, uh, but he has familiarity with uh, with Mike Loxley over there at Alabama uh, Maryland before Loxley went over to, to coach him last year. I think it's why he transferred over to Maryland. Uh, so we'll see we'll see if two his little brother holds up or he's just a little brother that never could uh, accomplish what his big brother did. Well, his competition won't be as hard. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, all right, they'll play like Rutgers, okay? They'll play Rutgers, all right? Uh, all right, so, I yeah, I think that, uh, hey, that was a great review. Uh, 2019 for the Big Ten was was huge, but, uh, twenty you know, 2020, uh, we're looking to hopefully be even bigger for uh, for the Big Ten uh, as well as college football as a whole. Um, all right, so let's talk about overrated teams going into 2020, Brad. Whew, excuse me. I'm. I guess I'm just. I don't know. I'm tired of talking about the Big Ten already. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I, I love the Big Ten people. I really do. I. I just. I'm giving Brad a hard time because because you know it, it's it's he loves college football in general, but the Big Ten is obviously kind of where his heart is more or less. Um, all right. So, Brad, for me, uh, my overrated team. I'll give my overrated team, and then you give your overrated, underrated. I'll give my underrated. You know how this goes. We've been doing it long enough, right? So uh, my over my overrated team in 2020. I have a feeling that we're probably going to agree on this. It's always Michigan, right? Isn't it always Michigan? I, I would mm-hmm. like to give someone else, but honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's Jim Harbaugh who makes us think that Michigan's overrated. But I mean, listen, they they lost their entire offensive line except for right tackle Jalen Mayfield, all right? Uh, I think whoever's going to win that QB battle, which they may have already decided, but I don't keep up with Michigan as much as maybe I should, uh, they may be running for their lives, honestly. Um, And then they also lost four key starters on that defense. I just think that – I don't know. I just think that Michigan, could they be something this year? No. Could they possibly be something next year? Maybe. But right now, I mean, listen, uh, they're they're overrated. They really are. And uh, now, granted, if you're if it's a, if you're rating on a scale of one to three, and you have them at a at a you know higher than a one, possibly uh, they're overrated. 
So I just I, I think that Michigan could definitely finish second in the what East? Is that right? Is it East? I think they're in the East. Yeah. So I uh, could be wrong on that. No, I think they are. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They would finish third in the East, uh, if not higher. They're kind of like Tennessee in the in the SEC. I think Tennessee's always been. I think Tennessee's always pretty much overrated. And listen, I'm a Bulls fan, giving them crap. So uh, give me a break, I guess. Anyways, Brad. Um, who would you say is your uh, is is your overrated and underrated teams uh, going into 2020? Yeah, so my overrated actually will match up with yours. Uh, Michigan. Uh, every year we hear this, we hear the same story. They're going to be great this year. They're going to do well. Uh, they got a new offensive corner in Gaddis. It's going to go great. Hey, they went overseas and got to look at the Coliseum and and visit Rome, and none of that's helped. Uh, they can't. They can't beat Ohio State. Um, they they've come close a few times and then they've choked it up. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I would I would say that uh, Michigan's my my number one overrated team, uh, much like Tennessee maybe because uh, fans are delusional and that's okay. Uh, go blue, right? Uh, but anyway, and then my underrated team would be probably Indiana. And I say that you're like, well, they went eight and five last year. They did, and I think they can go eight and five again this year. And you're like, well, why why would that be an underrated team? Uh, that's the first time Indiana would go eight game, win eight games or more for the first time in consecutive years since 87, 88. So that was before the year before I was born. That might be the same year Hoosiers came out, probably saved the university uh, from the spare. Uh, but uh, eight and five, I mean, they, they, you could see them knocking off Wisconsin uh, and a few other big names out there. Would they beat Ohio State? Don't think so. But I think someone like the Wisconsin or something like that, they could upset when, when those games – uh, Tom Allenson, I think he's doing a great job out there with Indiana uh, football. Uh, then my other team, I, I know we only do one team, but my other team would be Purdue. Uh, I don't think Purdue is going to be this great, magnificent threat to the to the Big Ten hierarchy like Minnesota was last year. Uh, but I do think they were really injured. Uh, and so I think Jeff Brown's going to have his team come back strong, um, maybe 8-5, and 9-3. And, and, and hear me out, when, when we say over underrated teams – we're not saying these teams that we're going to pick are going to win the, the conference championship. We're saying these are teams that might people might see going six and six, five and seven, four and eight. Uh, but we think they'll do better, and, and we think they'll might uh, pick out a couple of wins that were unexpected. And so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Indiana and Purdue are my. So I'm saying within the state of Indiana, but they're my two unrated teams. Uh, earlier I said Illinois beat or almost beat Tennessee. I believe it was Indiana who almost beat Tennessee. I could be wrong on that. Uh, maybe I, maybe I just, I don't know. Listen, it seems like it's been forever ago. Uh, maybe it shouldn't be though, because hey, Tennessee luckily made a bowl game. Uh, but anyways, uh, so for me, Brad, underrated team for me going into twenty twenty is Minnesota. Uh, they have a new play caller, Mike Sanford, um, and honestly, that's really all that's changed about a, about an offense that's that averaged thirty four point one points last year, Brad. Uh, I guess you could just say 34 points. I mean, point one, that's just, you know, just overdoing it. Um, Yes, Brad, I get it. You're saying that they finished 10 and three last year, but here's the thing. Do people expect them to finish 10 and three this year? I I think that that's the thing. Like, do people expect them to do what they did last year? I think they're being kind of underrated. Now, could they win the, could they win the West? Uh, Could they beat out Wisconsin? We'll see. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, now, granted, their defense may not be as good. Uh, they lost a lot of talent on it. But 
Um, you know, it is the Big Ten. Not really known a whole lot for defense, unless you're Ohio State or Penn State, I assume. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, um, but, yeah, Minnesota, uh, I think they'll be fine. I think their offense can probably handle what their defense cannot. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Michigan-Wisconsin also good at defense as well, uh, as Brad is telling me here. See, look at that. Brad giving Michigan some – listen, Michigan fans, oh, my goodness. Brad just gave you – just said your defense was good. I, I mean, I, I don't know if he meant back in the 90s, uh, but it's just that he means right now their their defense is good. Uh, it's just their, their offense, I guess, is bad. Um, Anyways, so let's go on to uh, the top three. The top three teams in the conference, Brad. For me, it's Ohio State. Believe it or not, Minnesota, because I just don't like Wisconsin's schedule. I just don't like Wisconsin's schedule. And then it's Penn State. Yeah, that's right. I give your, I give the the Lions, the Nittany Lions, a little credit and put them third. So, yeah, so I would say my three, uh, Ohio State's kind of like Alabama, um, you know, until somebody dethrones them uh, and even dethrones them consistently, it's hard for me to really think. I mean, you can say Penn State, I mean, beat them in 2018, goes on and beats Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, but you don't see Ohio State disappearing. They're still considered the best team in the conference. Uh, so I have Ohio State number one with Ryan Day and Justin Fields. I think they're going to do great. Uh, they do lose some defensive players, but we'll see if they'll make those up. Uh, my second team is Penn State. You can say, well, you're a homer. Well, let's just be realistic. They they finished 10-3. Uh, and three. Uh, They beat a good Memphis team in the Cotton Bowl. It really blew them out. Uh, you, you say, well, they're conference U.S. or they're, what are they, AAC or whatever. But uh, it doesn't matter. They were yes, you know, undefeated going into it. Um, you know, they, they returned Sean Clifford. Uh, they returned a really good running back room uh, with, with Journey Brown and, and Noah Kane and a few others. Uh, so, and our defense uh, was the third best uh, in the conference, or I believe it was the third best in the conference uh, when it comes to scoring defense. So, anyway, there are some facts to back it up. I'm not just being a homer. Um, I'm sorry that my team's just better than yours, Robert, and I can actually be realistic with mine. Uh, but anyway, no, I'm just kidding, Robert. Uh, man, shots fired today. Uh, and then my third one would be, uh, in Robert's opinion, the most underrated would be Minnesota. Uh, I think they come out the West. They beat Wisconsin uh, the, the, the win the West. Uh, now, do I see them winning the Big Ten Championship? We'll just have to see uh, when we get to that point. But they're my top three. Well, maybe, Brad, maybe, you know, we, I said Minnesota was underrated, but we both picked Minnesota as the top three team in the conference, uh, basically winning the West. Uh, so maybe to us they're not underrated, but maybe to a lot of other people they are. I don't – anyways, they're underrated to me. Uh, they're underrated in my heart, okay? Underrated in my heart. All right. Uh, breakout player for 2020 for me. Uh, and then also, I'll also get my Heisman hopeful. Uh, but breakout player for 2020 for me, Brad, you may give me some crap for this, but it's Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan. Uh, he had 30 touchdowns last year. That offense is still going to be really good this year. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, he – he may even be a Heisman hopeful in a way. I, I, I doubt it because, for me, the Heisman hopeful and probably the, the, the biggest Heisman hopeful to come out of Big Ten and probably 
the biggest Heisman hopeful outside of Trevor Lawrence is Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Uh, you know, we just have to uh, – we just have to – yeah, we just – yeah. I, I listen, yeah, you're saying from Minnesota as far as a quarterback uh, being a Heisman winner. I mean, I'm sure that there's been smaller Heisman winning, you know, quarterbacks, or I can't think of them right off the top of my head. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan, uh, breakout player for 2020, and then Heisman hopeful uh, is Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Really doesn't need an explanation. Yeah, I think for me, my breakout player, and again, please bear with me, I'm not a homer. I'm just looking at – I did my homework. This is what I came up with. Uh, I don't want to say Journey Brown, uh, the running back from Penn State. Uh, he had a good year. He had some flashes last year. Uh, Penn State returned most of the offensive line, um, and it would be good to take that pressure kind of off of Sean Clifford. So, I think Journey Brown could be the breakout player. Um, I had uh, Roland Moore, uh, all-purpose player from Purdue, as my other – uh, breakout player of the year. Uh, he was kind of injured last year, but he could definitely lead the conference in all-purpose yards uh, and can do well in that, that offensive system of Jeff Fromm's. Um, a Heisman hopeful, not a surprise here, so there's no point in of, uh, spending too much on it, but it'd be Justin Fields. Uh, he had a great year last year. Just, it doesn't matter who you're a fan of. Uh, when you see a great athlete, you have to give him credit. Uh, he, did, he did a phenomenal job at Ohio State last year. Um, he was in the Heisman running for a while there toward, until the end. Uh, but yeah, uh, Justin Fields is my Heisman hopeful. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, I think that he's just an obvious Heisman hopeful for anybody, um, and he's definitely, I think, in the top three. Probably, I uh, would definitely, I think, even top two in the country. Uh, now, granted, there's always a guy that comes up out of nowhere that's a Heisman hopeful. So I, I don't think that we can, you know, I, maybe a guy like Tanner Morgan, maybe, maybe a guy like. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask, like we talked about with the SEC. Uh, you know, usually it's a quarterback. Sometimes it's a running back. I, you know, you might have to be like a guy like Derrick Henry to be the running back, in which, I mean, well, I, I'd probably be too scared not to give him that. But, um, all right, so biggest headline going into 2020 for the Big Ten, Brad. Um, can Michigan beat Ohio State? Would you say that might be the one of the biggest ones? Uh, and then also I have, could Minnesota win the West? Uh, have they ever won the West? I don't think they have. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think they have. A, uh, will Nebraska finally make the expected jump under Scott Frost? And uh, can Greg Schiano get Rutgers out of the cheap seats when it comes to the Big Ten? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's just one of those things where it's, th those are kind of uh, just kind of four big, um, four big, uh, uh, headlines for me but what about you Brad yeah I, I think for me I have uh, Ken Penn State or Michigan finally get over the big game so kind of like you were saying Michigan Ohio State uh, I think Penn State for whatever reason they have they might beat Ohio State they might beat a Michigan but at some point during the year uh, they just there's a game where like they have to win this game to do x and they just can't do it uh, Jane Franklin makes a weird off the wall mind-boggling fourth quarter decision and we lose the game but uh, so that's my big headline. My other big headline is uh, is uh, is Purdue's contract that they gave to Jeff Brom. Are we gonna are we gonna say it's gonna be worth it or that it was just a joke? And I know you say, well, he had injuries last year, but they gave him a lot of money to stay at Purdue, um, and I don't think they were expecting Purdue to go four and eight, uh, five and seven, six and six every year. Um, 
you know, that he beat Ohio State and then they think he's the best coach ever. Uh, I think he's a lot of promise there and he is a good coach. Uh, but eventually you got to see if you're, uh, if you're going to make an investment, that's going to pay off. I agree. I agree with you. Um, all right. So let's start with coaches on the hot seat. We have Kirk uh, Ferentz out of, out of Iowa. Am I saying that right? Okay. Uh, and then we have Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan. Uh, I doubt he actually gets fired if they – I mean, if they weren't or not, he can go to a bowl game, he might. Um, Pat Fitzgerald out of Northwestern. Listen, Pat Fitzgerald came in as like this – he was – I mean, he came in as, as a as, – you know, as a uh, as a coach who was on fire at Northwestern. And then these last couple of years, Northwestern's really kind of just fell off. And, uh, and yeah, so Pat Fitzgerald finds himself uh, – he, you know, he he came in as a as a as a guy who was on the uh, who was on the hot seat as far as you know a guy rising, uh, but now he's on the hot seat as far as a guy falling or a coach as well. Um, all right, so the new coaches for the conference, uh, you got Mel Tucker, uh, out of Mi- going to Michigan State. Uh, you know, he came from Colorado. I think that's a pretty good hire for them, in my opinion. I like the hire, maybe. I think they, they gave him a lot of years, I believe, though, right? Maybe they gave him too many years. Um, and then Greg Schiano, he's back. He is back, all right, at Rutgers. Uh, I'm not really sure what Rutgers sees in Greg Schiano. I, I mean, um, I'm not sure what Rutgers sees a, a lot of anyways. But um, I'm not real sure what Rutgers sees out of Greg Schiano. Um yeah, you know, I get it. He he was, you know, he had some glory days there and whatnot. But, I mean, were they even the Big Ten when he was there for the glory days? Right. I, I just – I don't know. I, I just – I'm – yeah, I just uh, – Big East. They were the Big East, which the Big East, like, I mean, yeah, it's the Big East. Um, anyways, he come. He's come from the New England Patriots. Uh, um, yeah, so it's just uh, it's uh, I don't know. Greg Schiano, hey, he's back it out. He's back at Rutgers, and uh, if I'm a Rutgers fan, I'm excited for him to, uh, well, do something. I'm excited. I'm you know, it's kind of like having a stick and just poking something, and it's like, come on, do something. And Rutgers said, okay, we'll hire Greg Schiano back. Maybe it works out for him. I hope it does. I mean, listen, if, if Rutgers can win a couple of games this year, um, you know, if they can get halfway to a bowl game, maybe that's a maybe that's an improvement. So, uh, but uh, anyways, all right, so biggest game for the conference, Brad. Um, kind of like kind of like for the headline. Uh, you know, always seems to be Michigan and Ohio State. It, isn't it always Michigan versus Ohio State? Uh, Ohio State's at Penn State October 21st, and I think that could decide the East, though, Brad. So, I, in my opinion, that's probably the biggest game. But um, what what is your biggest game? And then also, uh, what is uh, who's your champs? Who's your Big Ten champs? Uh, yeah, so for my game, and I, and I know if you bring up conference games, I think it's great. I would have picked the same ones, Ohio State at Penn State October 24th. Uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game, I, I think those are good games. For me, I think Ohio State at Oregon uh, is a good one. Again, I know Pac-12 is looked at probably the worst of the Power Five conferences, 
Um, and I don't know if that's East Coast biasism or just the fact that we watch the games and they're just not that good. Um, but uh, I think that's a good game. Uh, Oregon, you know, is a staple of the Pac-12 over the last 15 years. Um, and Mario Cristobal actually has them in a good place right now. I know they just lost their quarterback in Justin Herbert, uh, but I think they're going to do well. They recruited well in the offseason. And, uh, yeah, so I have uh, Ohio State at Oregon September 12th in Eugene. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge game for Ohio State and the Big Ten Conference. Uh, my Big Ten champs, uh, I, I originally put Ohio State on here because I didn't want you to think I was a homer. Then I changed it to Penn State. Uh, but, again, I'm just trying to be realistic. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's going to – I think, like you were saying – I think the Big Ten champion comes down to October 24th, whoever wins that game. And that's very vague, but they're, they're my two. Uh, I haven't been able to decide on which one exactly, uh, but they are playing at Beaver Stadium. And so I have Penn State winning the Big Ten championship. Very interesting, Brad. Very interesting. Uh, definitely a homer take. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, if, you, if you were a Michigan fan and you said Michigan, that'd be a homer take. But, uh, but no, Penn State, I think that they have a chance. I do. I don't see them. I, I have Ohio State as my Big Ten champs. Uh, I have Minnesota uh, winning the West, uh, going to Big Ten championship, uh, Ohio State winning that. Um, but I think that Penn State, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you're telling me you have Minnesota also winning the West. So we have Minnesota winning the West, Ohio, or I have Ohio State winning the East. You have Penn State winning the East. Penn State winning the championship altogether. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, I see where you're coming from, you know. Um, I see how you're co- where you're coming from, where, uh, you know, where I think if Ohio State – if Penn State was playing in Ohio State, I think that it would be kind of more of a hot take or – well, not a hot take, maybe a, more of a homer take if, if that were the case. But, yeah, Ohio State at Penn State. I think that that's uh, – I think it makes it more realistic. Uh, um, I think it makes it a lot more realistic for Penn State to win that game. And so, it should be a good game. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think Penn State also plays at Minnesota too, don't they? So, I so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, interesting things. Anyways, Brad, all right. So, that is our coverage for the Big Ten and the SEC this year. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. We will cover the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Big 12 and the ACC next week. Is that right? Uh, And so then we will cover the Pac-12 and some other, you know, things and probably give our predictions for the top four or the playoff teams, yada, yada, yada. Uh, You know, we'll get to it. Um, Before we go to our Golden Faith segment, I do want to say that we have the Mascot Madness bracket – or the Mascot Madness Tournament going on on our Facebook page, Golden Point Sports uh, Podcast, or Golden Point Sports, and we're going into the Elite Eight now. Uh, And so, listen, eight great mascots are left. Uh, We are going down to the – we're down to the final – final. you know, we're down to the wire on these guys. Uh, Speaking of SEC teams, I think it's – I think Smokey's still in it. Albie's still in it. They play – they actually face each other. It's Uh, Albie. The Purdue – the the yeah uh right yeah well they yeah uh and then uh and then the Purdue Boilermakers uh somehow made it uh past the Ohio State Mr. 
the Ohio State Buckeye Brutus himself, uh, and he will take on um, well, he will take on Wisconsin's mascot Bucky. There we go. All right, and so then also we got the other two matchups are Gritty versus the Mountaineer out of West Virginia. Gritty, he's a, he is the uh, Flyers uh, mascot, NHL. And then the Duck uh, from Oregon, basing off against probably one of the most – probably the most legendary mascot in the San Diego Chicken. Uh, and so it's going to be great. I, I'm excited. Um, yeah, so Big Ten and the SEC are both going to be represented in the Final Four. Uh, and then they'll face off uh, against – I honestly, Brad, with how this bracket has gone, with how this tournament's gone, I couldn't tell you who I think is going to win, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. All right, Brad. So, without further ado, let's do our first ever Golden Face segment. Yeah, so, guys, welcome to the Golden Face segment. Uh, I, when me and Robert originally talked about this, I mean, if you listen to this, you, you know I'm a pastor, I'm a sports minister in Oklahoma City. And uh, I thought it would be good if we're going to do a podcast and say we include sport faith, uh, definitely this is a way to do it. And so I hope you're, you made it this far. I hope you're listening to this. Um, and, and the first thing I want to do is, uh, you know, we, let's talk about today. We talked today about the college football preview, and, and we talked about all these things that could happen, you know, overrated, underrated. Um, and a lot of this, uh, if we're just going to be completely honest, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, Vanderbilt could win the SEC for all we know. We, uh, we, we just don't know. Um, and, and I know that's a stretch, but I'm just saying that things happen. Uh, you know, they just happen in its own timing. Uh, and that would be in the fall for college football. And for us, we're just talking about it, thinking that we know everything, maybe about college football. Uh, but we can't guess everything right down to the pinpoint. And I think the same thing can go about uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ is we can talk about Jesus. We can sing the songs about Jesus. We can uh, say that we know Jesus, but when it comes down to it, uh, it's not until we have that relationship with Jesus. So just like college football, we don't really know about college football until the fall happens, um, the fall of 2020. And just like that, we're not going to know Jesus until we actually have that relationship with Jesus. And, and Paul talks about in Philippians Philippians 1.21, it says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, I don't know about you, but I've heard that a lot. And how many times have we heard that verse? I thought, oh, yeah, 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 sure. Well, I'll put that in my yearbook. That's fine. Uh, I'll put that as my uh, my Facebook quote, whatever. But how many times do we actually live like that? How, you know, if we had that relationship with Christ, we should make it an everyday thing to live for Christ. Because, again, to die is game because we have eternal life if you have that relationship with Christ. And so what am I saying in all this? And you might say, well, this is a pretty short one. Well, I wanted to be short for the first one for sure, and I'll probably keep it on the same length. But – um, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and, and we don't know what's going to what, what faith will look like until we have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And that can easily happen. Um, it, and it's accepting the gospel. It's accepting that we're sinners, and that Jesus, the only way to have that reconciliation with God, uh, is to accept our accept our relationship with Jesus Christ. And and it's not this work based theology. You don't you know you can walk an old lady across the street a million times, but without that relationship, asking Jesus into your heart and having that relationship with Him. Uh, it's invalid, and, and we, we're going to do just like we do with the college football playoff and, and talk about it, but honestly, we don't really know much about it. We, we don't know what's really going to happen, and so I, I just encourage you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, reach out to me, and, and some of you might think it's a joke or, or it's, just a, it's just a thing that uh, people put hope in uh, that, you know, to help them live through life, and honestly, uh, the relationship with Jesus is real. 
and, uh, you know, I've been a Christian for 12 years now. And before that 12 years, I, I did the whole college football preview. Uh, you know, I talked about it. Uh, you know, I told people I went to church, uh, but it wasn't until I was 17 uh, or I guess 13 years. It wasn't until I was 17 in high school where I realized I really didn't truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and honestly, that's an eternal difference. And, and so, um, and this is not to scare you and say, oh, well, Brad's just saying that so we can get scared and say we don't want to go to hell. Uh, no, honestly, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we can't avoid death. Death is, a, is something that's guaranteed in life. And at the end of the day, if we keep putting it off and putting it off, eventually death will catch up to us, and we won't have that chance to accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. And we'll have to give an answer to God uh, when we uh, ascend from, from earth, uh, yeah, earth into heaven. Uh, and, and God's going to sit there and go through everything we have. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, you know, there's no uh, getting into heaven. And so, uh, I mean, I love you guys. I know I talk a lot of crap about SEC and, and Tennessee and Michigan and the Patriots and the Ravens, but they're just teams. They're not people. And I, and I, and I love everybody who I come in contact with. Uh, I, I love just talking sports and, and life. And so uh, I'm saying this because I, I do, I truly do love you. you. And it doesn't matter where you're at in life. You don't have to be in the perfect place to accept Jesus Christ. He, he wants you where you're at. And so that's down in addiction. I like the hey catch guys before they give their life to Christ or, or it's, you know, having the best job and a big family right now. Uh, Jesus wants you where you're at. So that's what I have uh, for today, Robert. And uh, thanks for letting me uh, allowing this to happen making this part of a segment. I hope for those who are listening, uh, you gotten some out of it. And I encourage you to read Philippians 1 later. Uh, it's in the New Testament towards the back. Uh, right after you hit Romans, uh, you'll, you'll eventually get to it. And so – uh, yeah, that's what I got, Robert. All right, folks, that's going to do it for another edition of the Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster. With me, as always, is Brad Winter. Go check us out on Facebook at Golden Point Sports for more content, as well as uh, where you can find all the podcasts. Anything you need to know about Golden Point Sports, contact us. Anything is where you find us. So check it out.